0: Hey, Nathan, uh, is Jeep broken? I wouldn't say broken, but I think a lot of people are curious about what's happening and they're a little concerned. Yeah, I think that's a really good
1: way of putting it. And in this episode of uh, our weekly podcast, we're going to be talking about Jeep and not just uh, how to fix it, but more importantly, what we know is coming Mm -hmm. uh, and what we know we're going to be doing at the Easter Jeep Safari, which, by the way, is my favorite time of the year. I can't wait because we're less than a week away.
0: We are. By the time you guys hear this, it's going to be real close to when we get out there. And here's the great news. I get to go, too. Ah! Yeah, it's it's been a tradition that me and Nathan have gone. How many years now? Ten years plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this
1: is, uh, of course, in Moab, Colorado. Colorado. Uh, Moab, Utah. Uh, and uh, what happens is uh, Jeep brings out a slew Of concepts, Mm -hmm. uh, plus the latest and greatest Jeeps that we get to drive.
0: Yes, and there's a lot of new Jeeps coming, and we're hoping that they'll strike on a few of these, but that's all debatable. And also, at the exact same time, the New York Auto Show is going to happen, and Andre is going to be there, I believe with Zach. And he's going to cover other stuff that's coming out through Stellantis and Jeep. Now, by the way, we could have done an episode where, what are we going to do to fix Stellantis? (laughs) There's too much. There's so much going on. And and so we decided just to focus on Jeep, which makes sense considering, once again, the Easter Jeep Safari. All right. So before
1: we get to all that, Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a question here for one of our uh, listeners. Okay. Um, Paulus is his name. Okay. All right. Paulus writes, uh, Dear TFL, I'm in the market for a 4x4 with the recent markups at of the Ford Bronco, of which I was most interested in, mm-hmm. I'm finding Jeep Wrangler to be more in my price range. There are a lot of other people who have felt the same way. Did you know, uh, before I finish reading this, let's talk about that, actually. Did you know that uh, uh, now that if you get a Ford Bronco Raptor and you option it out um, to the same extent as a 392 Recon, they're about identical in terms of price now?
0: They are uh, not a 392 recon. You're talking about the Wrangler 392. Yep, not uh, the recon. Rubicon. Yeah. Rubicon. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll talk about the recon later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Recon on the yes. brain. And, and and we're basically in the stratosphere in terms of pricing well, when you get 80s. to that point. Yeah. 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 For but, for uh, you know off roaders. Yeah, but
1: this week, kind of, sort of, uh, Ford announces are raising the price of the Bronco no, again. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be like, uh, just build the thing. I, but,
0: but you know, it's better than uh, dealers marking them up. I guess. I suppose. Well, this dealers, sorry, stealers The dealers will still <laughs> be doing that as well. So, the reality is, is that it's not going to get any easier to get a Bronco, especially a high-end Bronco, anywhere near what you thought the price was initially going to be. Sorry, that's just the reality. I of mean, it. easily ten k over. Yeah. Uh, if you want
1: a Bronco Raptor,
0: but now. That's not saying Jeep dealers don't do this as well. There are some unscrupulous Jeep dealers out there that have bumped the price. However, we do know for a fact that there are a lot of Jeep dealerships that do have Wranglers in stock. And so that, for whatever it's worth, might be something to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bronco is a new kid on the block. So there's there's a lot more interest and excitement.
0: And it has a lot more kit to offer. And it's, frankly, a much better daily driving vehicle. However, the Jeep is still hard to beat off-road. And the higher-end ones... Are really, really good. So let me finish this. Uh, oh, yeah, please. Let me,
1: let me finish this email from Paul. Um, it says, uh, he continues I have watched all the first edition Ford Bronco videos, and I'm curious how the extreme recon package of the Wrangler compares, ideally in the lower trims like the Willys or the High Tide uh, that do not have lockers. Love and appreciate all the content you all put out there, and hope to see a video like this in the future after the snow clears there in Colorado. Thanks for the time. Kind regards, Paul. So basically, he's asking, how does the Extreme Recon package compare on the lower uh, price Jeeps? And the great question, and the answer is, we probably don't know because I don't think anybody's putting it on the on the on the cheaper Jeeps. I think you'll see that on the 392s. And yeah. I think you'll see that on the Rubicons. And basically, what it is 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 it
0: a, it's like a two-inch lift kit? Um, it's a couple things. Yep. Yeah. I, I I I in terms of the lower end models. It doesn't make a lot of sense to try to add those kits to, say, a Willys because you take one step up and it would be less expensive to get the, the Sahara or even, at some point in time, the Rubicon. So I'm not 100% sure. Okay, here's what it includes. I just
1: Googled it. Okay? Yeah, please do. It's, uh, it it's includes a 1.5-inch
0: suspension lift, so I was off by oh, half Oh, Okay,
1: yeah. Uh, taller tires with shocks tuned appropriately to control the heavier rubber. Mm-hmm. The actual ratio has been lowered uh, to 456. Uh, to maintain appropriate throttle response. And by the way, this is for Motor Trend, so thank you. Uh, given uh, the larger rolling diameter of the tire, the swing gate has been reinforced to mount the heavier spare tire, and the tires themselves um, are now 70R17 uh, BFG All Terrains KO2s mounted okay. on 17 by 8 inch beadlock capable wheels. Okay. And it also adds. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, da, 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 da. I thought
0: there was some... Uh, like, oh, improved
1: approach and departure b- angles. Yeah, well, that's because of the lift. Yeah, so 47.4 degree approach, 40.4 degree departure, and mm-hmm. breakover is 26.7. Uh, and water fording, I think, has also improved. Ground currents goes... Uh, to twelve point nine inches, and like I said, water fording goes to thirty three point six inches. Right, and it's available on three Jeep Wranglers, apparently, according to this, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, the uh, Rubicon three ninety two, uh, the Wrangler Willys, like he mentioned, and uh, one more, one more, probably uh, the regular oh, Rubicon. Okay, yeah. there you go. So, Today, but,
0: that, but that I was I was getting to a point on the Rubicon part. Which is, it's just considering the markup and price, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to just go for the Rubicon. And you wouldn't even need to have that recon package in order to have a stellar off-road capable vehicle. More importantly, one that has front and rear lockers. I know you mentioned having open diffs, which the Wheelies does. The Wheelies has like their anti-slip rear end. I think they, what do they call that? Um... Quadra, Quadra, whatever. No, 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 no. no. The rear end in the Willy is the that Tommy had. Uh, it was like an anti slip. So it was sort of a mechanical locker of sorts. Yeah, I don't know. But it wasn't like the G. We need Tommy. It was a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, I know. But anyway, there's a point to this, which is uh, I don't know how much you're looking for in terms of off road capability versus looks. Uh, if that's the case, then I, I wouldn't recommend something like this. This is a little bit more for just making a much more capable off roader. But. Once again, I think for the amount of money that you would pay for that package, $4,000. Okay, so you're getting pretty close to Rubicon territory for the base model, Rubicon for the equivalent. So I don't know if that's the trade off that you're looking for, right? So maybe something to think so, about.
1: So I would say um, it's a lot cheaper than taking it to your local. Uh, jeep dealership or your local uh outfitter and having them do it right yeah so if, if you're going to have somebody warrantied yeah that's warrantied so if you're going to have somebody like put on a lift kit put on bigger wheels and tires and do all that change the axle ratio that'd be impossible that'd be very expensive so so in that regard mm-hmm. if you want that then definitely do it uh but uh keep in mind that um i'm not sure you need it nathan that, that's that's my other question like out of the box, even a plain Jane Wrangler, even a Willys Wrangler, is so capable that 90% of the people who, who have them will never utilize all of its capability, let alone one that's on the lift.
0: Yeah, you know, the cool thing with the Willys is that you do get a nice wheel package and tire package, and the tires are quite good. Very off-road capable. Once again, it's a question of, do, do, are you spending the money for a look, or are you spending the money because you want off-road capability? If that's the case, I'd recommend... Holding on to that money and just going right to the Rubicon and not worrying about it. But if you want that look, I totally get it. Then, of course, it makes sense. So there
1: it is. Aesthetics. I I would say if you're going to wheel your Jeep, definitely. And if you, Mm. you know, I'm the opposite of you. And if you're not going to wheel it, then just stay with the regular one because then you're paying $4,000 just to make it look cool, I guess. I guess people have spent a lot more than that.
0: Oh yeah, I mean people <laughs> will spend 4 grand on wheels and tires. Yeah, and it hasn't know. been factory warranted. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the good things is that you get that warranty through it. And and we've had very good luck with suspension lifts through Jeep in the past. They've actually done a really good job with their in-factory suspension lifts that we've received, and that's including on our um gladiator that we had that was a great lift that we had it was one of the few that didn't affect the vehicle in a negative way yeah
1: that's the other problem we found oftentimes any aftermarket lift while it works because it's a solid axle vehicle and it's relatively easy to lift uh, many of the companies have not actually done the engineering to make sure that the geometry stays straight and or correct they've done and or true. The
0: half-ass engineering in some cases or research not enough you we, know it's it's fine if you got like a 10 year old
1: jeep and you want to lift it but if, if, you, if you have a new one and you want it to – drive, I mean, let's face it. They already
0: drive like an off-roader on the road. Do you want to make it drive like a wandering off-roader on they're, the road? They're not too bad considering comparing to the older ones. Um, now, uh, should we get into talking about – speaking of older vehicles, let's talk about newer vehicles. Sure. Because – so I, I hope we answered your question. I know it's kind of – we left it as sort of a – Ambiguous type of answer. Well, I suppose. Well, let's let's, but let's
1: go through the lineup. What do you say? Okay. All right. So so let's start with the Wrangler because that's kind of the most iconic one.
0: Yeah, and it's their bread and butter in many yeah. ways.
1: uh So let's start with that, uh, and uh, obviously uh, uh, the JL, which is the current model, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, in a little bit of a need uh, of a facelift, wouldn't you say? With with what what Bronco did was, of course or the Bronco, I don't want to be British, they always say hospital, or you know what I mean, they never yeah, say yeah, the, yeah. the Bronco. What the Bronco did was uh, it benchmarked the Wrangler, Ford benchmarked the Wrangler, mm-hmm. and then they hit all those high points, and in some cases they exceeded them.
0: There's some things that the, the Bronco just does better. Interior space and usability with the interior comfort is front also seats. one of the front seat comfort. Yeah, exactly, that type of stuff. Usability with their infotainment system is, is probably on par, but I think that uh, for as a daily driver for comfort and for utility, the Bronco is a little bit better. Uh, off-road, I, th- I still feel like the, the equivalent Jeep is uh, Wrangler is better or as good easily. So they're very, very close. They're very competitive. But we think, and we don't know about this, but we're guessing that at the Easter
1: Jeep Safari, they actually might, because it's always uh, on the same day or at least on the same days as a New York auto show. Mm-hmm. So the the scuttlebutt out there, and, the, and this is not confirmed, we haven't talked to Jeep about this, is that they are going to show a refreshed uh, JL. And it's about time.
0: How long has it been out now? Four years, five years, something like that? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, so on top of that, where we are, you know, there's a lot of tech out there that we're expecting to eventually make its way over to the Wrangler. And there's a lot of Wrangler news that we're expecting to hear at some point in time, it may be at this event, it may be at the New York Auto Show, which happens at or the maybe same time, both. it may be at both, or it may be at neither, we've had a couple of years where we've been sucking wind, frankly, at the Easter Jeep, where very little new stuff was, you know, produced, and then if you go back a few years, they brought out all new models, and they just throw them right out there, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're walking around some brand new vehicle, like the Renegade when it came out, and some of the other ones. Now, speaking of that, if we were to go on to the list of other vehicles, the Renegade is... Let me finish. Please. Oh,
1: please. Yeah, let me finish with the Wrangler. So uh, there are three uh, notable ones we should talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Anniversary Edition. Yes. Which just rolled out at the Chicago Auto Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, then then there's the AEV, which is the most expensive Jeep ever. Right. I think, uh, by itself, that's pretty mind-blowing that it's over $110,000. Yeah. Right? That's even above, like a Bronco Raptor or a 392. Currently. Yeah, yeah, because it's got all the AV goodness. And, of course, there's there's kind of the darling Wrangler that um, is unique in its segment, and that's a 4xE, right? It's got mm-hmm. about 25 miles of all-electric range uh, paired with a 2.5-liter... Uh, turbo. Is it 2 liter or 2.5? Two two li- it's 2 liter. I get yeah. that mixed up. Uh, and that can be had in the uh, anniversary edition. And we're going to get to drive those, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, in Moab. But those are, the, I think, the three that really stand out. Uh, one for its price, one for its technology, uh, and one for its partnership with one of the best uh, uh, builders of off-road customized parts out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. AEV, and they do not sponsor us, but they build outstanding components for Many off-road vehicles, I like their finish usually for one thing in terms of aesthetics, but in terms of usability, they always make you know, above reproach parts in terms of quality and usability. But there's a lot more going on with Wrangler than just that because we were hearing a lot of rumors about Wranglers eventually turning into all-electric vehicles or having a version of the Wrangler that would be all-electric. And I know a lot of you guys out there, like you're getting hammered with electric stuff. We apologize, but the reality is as automakers keep building electric vehicles we have to report on them so that's just the reality so with that being said, let's move down to the smallest guy. Can we All go right. down to the yeah? Um, okay, yeah. So let's. So the Renegade is the Bebe. Starts at twenty four six nine five. That is the least expensive Jeep that you can buy. I think maybe the Compass is right in the same range. Nope, 27, twenty seven eight huh? So three thousand dollars more. And the Compass and the Renegade have a very similar <laughs> setup in terms of engine, transmission, off-road capability. If you get the Trailhawk. Um, the thing that d- makes them different is the fact, frankly, that they look different and the compass is a little bit longer, has a little bit more passenger capacity, but frankly, it doesn't have as much cargo capacity when you fold that in the second row. And I think that's because the re- uh, the Renegade is very boxy shaped, uh, pretty decent seller for the brand nine speed automatic transmission in both vehicles. The manual that used to be offered is go- has is long gone. Uh, so those vehicles are on offer at the base level. Yeah, and I would say the Compass
1: is kind of the straight-to-rent-a-car. I mean, it's the,
0: it is. Yeah, yeah. It's the one that uh, is the most cost-cutty. Is that a word? It's just not as interesting as the Renegade, uh, but it, it, it's still completely capable. I've, I drove one of their mid-level models, not a, a Trailhawk, in the snow, and it was really good, very responsive, not that exciting.
1: Yeah, uh, so obviously uh, those two soldier on, uh, you know, they're kind of the bread and butter for people who want the Jeep brand but don't necessarily have the intentions of getting a Wrangler or don't have the money to get one of the bigger ones. But the one that
0: well, is next... Yeah. Just real quick on those. Now, overseas right now, they do have 4 by e versions of both of those vehicles. Yeah, we don't, we don't get those. Yet. So... What uh, FCA slash Stellantis early on said was that we would eventually get a version of those vehicles coming here soon, which makes sense because they already have the platform available and it's already working overseas. So They also,
1: they also have an all-electric vehicle, Jeep.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. And that one is the Avenger and that's not coming here either yet. Front wheel drive. Right. So that could be a big change too. But we're not going to we're not going to go over that. The only reason I mentioned those two is because they're due for the 4xE treatment and Jeep made no no secret about the fact that 4xE is going to basically be throughout the entire brand. So we expect to see plug-in versions of pretty much everything they produce. It's proven successful. And they already have two vehicles that are there, and they're about to have a bunch of other ones that are going to be there too. Yeah. Okay, so you want to move on to the next one, which is a sad one.
1: Yeah, it's sad because they just killed it. It's the, of course the Cherokee, uh, long-standing uh, uh, name at uh, Jeep. Starts at about thirty-four, eight ninety-five, or thirty-five thousand dollars. It was built in Belvedere. Uh, was yeah. was, yeah. Uh, yeah. and they uh, shuttered the factory. And I was thinking about that when I heard the news, Nathan. Mm. And I thought to myself, ah, I don't know, dude. If I were Jeep, I'd take the money that Stellantis is putting into the Hornet, which is fine, mm. and put it into a Cherokee. If it, if it were me, mm. if I if I had like you know stashes of money and I could only allocate some to some, I would rather spend money on a new Cherokee
0: than on a new Hornet. But you know that's you, I now I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but at the same time, I think a couple of things are happening uh, with the Cherokee. Sales started falling off, especially during COVID. They dropped into the toilet. And they went from several different trims to three trims. And then they even got rid of the V6. They just did everything they could to keep building the vehicle, save money on it while they're still selling it. And just the sales kept dropping and dropping. That did not help. Jeep initially had mentioned a next-generation Cherokee. And that's something that still could come in theory, who knows in what form. However, in its current form and that plant This is Jeep's official statement, but I'm going to cut it down and try to make it a little bit simpler. Jeep essentially said making electric vehicles is very expensive and we have to cut costs where we can in order for the customer to not bear the brunt of the uptick in price. Because once again, electric vehicles are expensive to build, they're expensive to sell. So they're trying to find a way to cut the pricing. Does that mean that the Belvedere plant will turn into an electric plant? It is possible, but it costs a lot of money to make a plant that used to build internal combustion engine vehicles into one that builds battery electric vehicles. They're completely different. So if that's the case, then billions are being shoved into this place, and it's going to take a little while before it's up and running, right? So keep that in mind. We don't have an official uh, response on what's going to happen in Illinois. Not yet. But that is the... Per, that is the popular theory right now, and hopefully we'll get more information when we go to the Easter Jeep event. So uh, here's my
1: thinking about the Cherokee. You know, one of the more popular Cherokees right now is that uh, four-liter straight six, right? That's, oh, you mean the old-school ones? The old-school yeah. one, the, the square and boxy ones. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling that like 20 years from now, people are going to be car- you know collecting these with the Pentastar in the same way that they were collecting the four-liters. I think it's underappreciated. Uh, it's kind of, you know, when it when it came out, it was um, it was kind of um, cutting edge in terms of design, right? The very first one had that kind of weird lighting where the main lights were below uh, the, the, the marker lights. So Boy, that did that have look.
0: an e-jerk reaction amongst people who saw the early pictures of that that was snuck out of the uh, and, production plan. And
1: I think it, it never got... Or in some ways never got past that because then they upgraded it and made it more traditional looking, made the, the squinty lights, the headlights, and put the round lights as the, the, kind of the running lights. Uh, but now that design language is in every Hyundai and Kia, or in a lot of them that you can see, and it's, it's, it's proliferating across... So I think sometimes, you know, it's about timing, right? I think they were just probably too early to that design. I think that hurt the vehicle. But I think the vehicle itself is a, a really strong, you know, there were some issues, I believe, with the transmission
0: initially. If the The nine recall. speed had some issues, yeah. but they they fixed a lot of those. Uh and there there's one thing about the Cherokee that you have to keep in mind, the the trailhawk. And all of us agree on this. Hold on, don't 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 say it yet. Tell me after the commercial break. All right, what what is that, Nathan? The Cherokee had an I think still is at least until they stop officially, you know, selling them. The most capable off-road crossover you could get in its class. It had a locking rear diff that actually worked. It had pretty damn good crawl control systems, decent ground clearance, armor, everything you really need to do some medium to almost hard off-roading. Not a problem to go through fins and things, and some of the obstacles that we go through, that thing would handle it with no problem. And it didn't do anything overly fancy, even though it still had a what I thought was a nice interior, a usable one, comfortable seats, pretty good space. It was a really good vehicle for off-roading. However, that was the Trailhawk. And then the lesser versions of it, I think, didn't get a lot of love. The ones that hit rental fleets and everything else just didn't quite you know, resonate with some people. However, for a while, it was one of their very strong sellers. Um, And and then once again, the numbers dropped. So compare that to the other cars in that
1: category, right? Mm -hmm. And and it is by far, head and shoulders, much more off-road worthy than a rav for Adventure. Yes. uh, Than a Subaru, whatever. Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, all all Subarus. Any Subaru, pick any Subaru you want. It's much more off-road worthy. Agreed. There's nothing else that comes close to it's off-road ability in that kind of
0: in, mid-size crossover Right. Segment. It's just smaller than that. I know you guys are screaming it at the uh, at your video uh, viewer right now. Yes, the Ford Bronco Sport is really capable off-road, potentially. However, that's a smaller vehicle. This is actually a lot larger, and I think that it does compete in a, in a slightly larger class, or it did, at least. And I actually
1: think it's probably more off-road worthy than the uh, Ford uh, just because it's got, especially if you get the Trailhawk version, right? It's got, well, it's well, yeah, got, yeah, the it's got more protection. Long. It's got, it just has more uh, more off roadiness to it. Not to put the Ford down, the Ford is really good off road. Yeah. But
0: you're right. It's 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 the next size down. Yeah, it, 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 that's the thing is that they don't compete size wise or so, price wise or price wise. Yeah. So if if you see one on a lot right now, uh, look, they've had years and years to get it right. So they're still out there. There's still a few out there. I highly recommend them, at least in the uh, Trailhawk guys. Uh, but there's other ones out there that are actually pretty good as well. So, uh, yeah, by all means, All it's right. it's a shame. So then we now we move up to other Jeep the, products. The Grand Cherokee 41 starts at 41 mm-hmm. five. So now we're talking, you
1: know, uh, probably the most American in some ways, right? Traditionally American because Jeep came from the American military, right? So this mm-hmm. is a, this is one that's really wrapped in the American flag. Uh, Crossover, Uh, and it's available in all kinds of different trims. They just, you know, what two years ago now they came out with a new one, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they updated the look. uh, And they really what they did was they moved it up, kind of a segment, so that it's more of a Range Rover competitor now, or Land Rover, yeah, versus more of uh, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, let's call it an Explorer competitor in some ways. Well, yeah, it's although... Small, it's smaller than it can it's, be. yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, actually... No, there, it's not. No. Yeah, there's two different if you, uh, if you get the, Grand Cherokees. Yeah, if you get the L, right? Right, I think it's the L. Uh, that's the longer wheelbase one. I personally do not like the looks of the L. However... To be fair, the regular Grand Cherokee, I think, is a great-looking vehicle, especially when you slap on some off-roady bits on it. And it is hard to beat a vehicle that this, that is this off-road capable and really comfortable in the streets. Really, really good combination.
1: It, to me, it's starting to get a little too premium. Like, I feel like I would feel bad taking it off-road. The previous generation felt kind of rough and ready, and we, mm. we took, remember, we took it off-road in Moa. Oh, yeah. we, we, we did a lot of off-roading with it. I think we did, like, uh, uh, did we do the White
0: Rim Trail? Or we did something with we, it. We did the abbreviated one or something like that. And yeah. we also, yeah, whatever the one was, the arch that you go through on the side. But but that one felt more off-roady. The mm-hmm. problem
1: with the new one, you know, you can get, like, seven screens in the thing, all kinds of leather. Uh, and it's still very off-road worthy. It's just that now it feels like you don't want to
0: scratch it. It does feel a lot more premium, I'll give you that. Um, Now, I have yet to take the L off-road. I'm not thrilled with the wheelbase on that thing. It really looks like the the breakover would be an issue, but who knows? Um, When we get to the vehicles we're going to be driving to the Easter Jeep, you'll see something interesting in a minute. But those vehicles butt up directly against two brand-new vehicles that were just introduced by Stellantis, and apparently they don't like saying Jeep when they talk about the Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer. Yeah,
1: now that if the Grand Cherokee competes with a Land Rover, the Grand Wagoneer competes with the Range Rover. Yeah, that's about I, the best way you can put it. Now, yeah, it's uh, super luxurious. You know, you can easily get those over a hundred thousand. So they start. The Wagoneer starts at fifty eight nine nine five. The Wa- Grand Wagoneer starts at eighty eight six forty. But those numbers are unrealistic
0: because dealers do not <laughs> buy those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck finding one of those. Uh, they are both based on truck platforms. Essentially, the Ram fifteen hundred is what's underneath them. However, independent rear suspensions... The new ver- Hurricane yeah, engine. Yeah, the new Hurricane engine, which is replacing their big V8. And that Hurricane engine is a beast from what we hear.
1: Look, here's here's the thing. I, there's been a real renaissance with big American trucks. Mm. And I'm not talking about bed trucks with beds. I'm talking about like SUVs based on trucks, right? Mm-hmm. So Tahoe is just killing it. Yukon's killing it. Um, and I think uh, the reason for for these is because there is a lot of demand and a lot of interest in these big third row American vehicles, which, mm. I, which I understand. What I don't understand is like, what's the difference between a
0: Jeep Grand Cherokee L and a Grand Wagoneer? Physically, they look a lot alike. Yeah. And that's that's an issue I have because, guys, you're talking about an awful lot of money for your rig, make them look different. The other issue is that there they are different underneath, but nobody knows that, and they don't look very off-roady. And I know that you guys are going to say, well, the Grand Wagoneer and all that, they're, they're they're built to be more luxurious and blah, blah, blah. Dude, they got a truck frame underneath. They're built to tow the most in their class or nearly the most in their class. They're huge. They can be up to about the same size as a Suburban. They're not small, but they still look so much like the Grand Cherokee, a technically a lesser vehicle, and that kind of doesn't resonate with me personally. I think
1: uh, to me, I would like them more if they were a little bit less luxurious, right? If mm. they were a little bit less like and the other thing they did was they went kind of traditional American luxury, uh, so that means a lot of leather, yeah. right love oh, and, and it's beautiful inside. It's beautiful, but Gorgeous. it al- also feels a little like old manny.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? So you feel uh-huh. at home? Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. No, but it, it, I would it, agree it, it, that it feels definitely a lot more sophisticated. Country and club. All right, let me put let me say country cluby. Country club. Okay, Bushwood. We go into Bushwood with our <laughs> yeah, Grand Wagoneer. Wagoneer. Exactly. Uh,
1: um, <laughs> and, and I wish I wish they had actually kind of reinterpreted American luxury and came out with a new, you know, definition of it as opposed to kind of going digging that far back into mm. kind of wh- where that vehicle came from. And let's face it, the Grand Wagoneer was the first original. Uh, premium SUVs. I agree. Long before Escalade. Yeah, yeah. You know, Subur- yeah. Subur- Suburban's the longest-running nameplate in America, but, but it they was never, the, it back was never then, luxury. They,
0: yeah, not yeah. back then, no. So I would agree. I agree on many fronts on that. And I, you know, I know some of you guys are like, bring back wood paneling, yay. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know if that's going to happen necessarily. But we might see it at one of these events we're going to. The reality is, is that these are built for people who have means. And I don't mean... You know, people who make a hundred grand add a zero to that. I mean, really, you you, you, millionaires can afford these things. They're extraordinarily expensive. They're thirsty. They're big. And if you just don't like the idea of owning a Ford or a you know General Motors product, and you want something that's well, Ford and Lincoln. Right. Yeah, I know. The point is, is that you know you can get something that's not one of those that sort of goes against the grain and perhaps you want that jeep off-road image but you want it in a tailor-made very beautiful suit at least internally there, there you go and it really is one of the best interiors in its class by yeah, far it's gorgeous yeah oh and in, inside but yes old manny in that respect and I certainly would Need a massive raise in order to drive one. <laughs> well, just to afford the gas. Just just to afford the gas, yeah. I mean, and, I would you know, you sell the, a kidney or two.
1: There's all this like ability, and you said it before to go four by E, but I would have gone four by E right out of the box. I would have too. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I would have I messed around with just, you know, a straight hurricane. I would have gone four by E and Given it some electricity. But
0: the Hurricane is and was developed specifically to work with a hybrid system. So hopefully we'll see something better than their old e-torque system, which was a bit of a joke. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. But that basically takes us all the way to the top of the you know pile of Jeep products that are now out there. So a lot of Jeeps. There's one more. What am I missing? they are missing the truck. Well, the Gladiators, uh, that goes on TFL Trump.
1: I know, yeah. I know, but we should yeah, talk Yeah, no, no, about you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so, of course, there's the Gladiator. Um, we've had this argument with uh, Jeep. You know, most people look at it and say it's a Wrangler with a bed. Jeep will tell mm-hmm. you it's absolutely not a Wrangler with a bed. But, I agree
0: with Jeep more than I do with the people.
1: But I think, you know... You know, quacks like a duck, swims like a duck.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> I've seen duck. I've seen what goes into the the design on this vehicle. Yeah, and the rear section of it, the framing, the rear end, the, the components that go into it. A lot of that comes out of RAM. It's it's not just a Wrangler that's been stretched. There's a lot more to it. And interesting that you guys asked because later on we're going to be talking about something like that as well. That's going to be one of the concepts we're going to drive.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't wait. Uh, and hopefully we're not breaking embargo with that, right? Cuz those things are embargoed until we actually drive
0: them. They are embargoed until 1201 a.m. Eastern daylight time on the 30th. Yeah, and this podcast comes out the day after, I believe. Is that a Sunday? Uh yeah. no, Saturday Saturday. Well, Sunday at 1001 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. There you go. Yeah, so we're, we'll be cool. Yeah. 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 So what
1: well, when is this podcast come out? Uh, comes out on the uh on on, on the, I, I believe it's the what day is that
0: Sunday is the um 30th
1: right uh yeah so it comes out on Monday we'll, we're we're going to be there it's hard cuz we're kind of doing some time traveling uh forward in time cuz we're recording this ahead of the Easter Jeep Safari so let me look at my calendar yeah we got some pre and
0: gargo it's actually important that we
1: know this yes. because otherwise we're going to get in deep do doo exactly so uh Easter Jeep Safari Uh, is on Monday, and we're driving the concepts on Monday, uh, the 3rd. So we should be cool,
0: okay. And we'll make sure we remind the people who upload this video that that's the case. Because if we have to wait an extra day, so be it. Okay. Uh, anyway, with that being said, should we move on? First of all, people are probably wondering about this image that's been sitting behind us. For those of you who cannot see, yeah, the recon. Now I got it right. Yes, this is the Jeep Recon, and this is the official Jeep Recon. Jeep, uh,
1: somebody posted it to one of the forums, right? The Jeep Recon forum. It was, yeah, that's it exactly what it is. Jeep Recon forum. A, a at, at dealer uh, like meeting, where, and It took was in, a in Las
0: Vegas at the MGM Grand, and it was just for dealers not for us of course not no but what you're seeing here was released already on uh, jeep uh, recon forms and this is essentially what we're going to be seeing eventually uh, for public consumption and this is the all-electric jeep we've already reported on this a couple times now but there are a couple slight differences between this vehicle and the one that they were showing us the uh, concept and this is in the flash or in the steel And there's an awful lot of things that certainly draw your attention. Now, let's quickly talk about what it is and what we think it is. There were no numbers released officially on this vehicle. However, I do have some unofficial statements about the vehicle. And by statements, I mean by insiders, not by uh, FCA or Stellantis or anybody like that. Because I'm going to keep screwing up FCA for the next 10 years. I know. I
1: know. It's like Dodge and Ram.
0: Oh, God. I still do that. Um, So... One of the big things that this shows is the size of the vehicle. You're going to see people walking around it, and you know, it isn't that much bigger than a uh, Wrangler um, Unlimited. So, its overall size is just a hair longer, we believe. The tires that are on there appear to be uh, 33-inch KO2s, 285-70R-17s. I like the color a lot. Oh, the color's fantastic. I love green everything. Look at those doors, guys. Can you see those doors? For those of you who are listening, those doors have external hinges. Why? Because they said those doors can pop off just like a Wrangler, which is awesome. On top of that, your rear quarter glass is supposed to be removable, and you have a one-touch opening uh, skylight-slash-top, That'll open up the vehicle very similar to how you can get your Wrangler. So you can really open this thing up. You cannot fold down the front windshield though.
1: I want to say on the Wrangler, it's like a four or five thousand dollar option. That's not a cheap.
0: Oh no, not at all. This is oh, look a... at that. The seven slotted grill lights mm-hmm. up. Yep, the seven slotted grill lights up, and then you have a pretty clear shot of the blue tow hooks up front because Tommy wants tow hooks. Uh, <laughs> they're not red. Sorry, Tommy. So in Jeep language, blue is a color of electricity. That's exactly it. And they're four by E, and this is classified four by E. They all have uh, blue highlights running throughout. Very tasteful too, by the way. And by the, I happen to like the way this thing looks. So would you call that an olive color? I would say it's an olive green. green. Very military. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like uh, olive green from uh, a World War II Jeep or what have you, but a little bit lighter, perhaps. It's hard to tell with the lighting. The picture quality is okay on this, but it does look like that. Um, And if you guys are
1: listening to this as a podcast, you can go to Mm altfl.com, or at some point we'll have the video so
0: you can see these pictures. Exactly. And these pictures that you're looking at here, if you can see them, show something very interesting on the hood, and that is the trim level of this vehicle, which is the Moab. Which I really hope they bring this to our event and show it there because you know we're going to be a Moab. Yeah, it might not be the new Wrangler; It could be that. It could be that. Um, so, and we'll find out in just a couple of days. So, the Moab trim, I believe, is their most extreme trim of this vehicle, meaning that it has those beefy tire uh, wheel setup and possibly the four wheel uh, air suspension. The um, it's Quadra Lift, but they didn't confirm that. Also, on top of that, this is most likely based on the Stella EV platform, the medium-size, which is modular, meaning that it could have possibly between an 87 to 104 kilowatt-hour battery. That could translate to between 250 and 300-plus miles of range, Nobody's released anything. We're only basing that on just some logic based on stuff they've already released in the past. I mean, right now, if you want to go off-road seriously, like Moab, mm-hmm.
1: right? Really, and you want to go electric, you can go a 4 by e. But if you want to go all electric, really, it's only Rivian. Is there anything else? I that can actually handle real off-roading? Yeah,
0: like, the F-150 Lightning doesn't really do well off-road. No, it's it's, it's not that, happy. We
1: tried. It's got not enough ground clearance. Yeah, And
0: it's it's kind of heavy, too. Yeah. Um, oh, Hummer EV. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've yeah, had such we, we a great time with it. <laughs> yeah, we've <laughs> had a lot of experience with the Hummer EV. You know, I, I, I know I bash on the thing all the time, but it, I just think it's too bloody heavy, over 9,000 pounds. This is not going to be that heavy, I'm sure of it. They Jeep, actually, I've talked to the Jeep guys. They were curious about it and why I was so bitter about the uh, Hummer. And I straight out told them the weight is too great and it's too bloody wide for a lot of trails. And they fully agreed on both of those topics now whether or not this is going to be a super heavy vehicle for its size hard to say Um, there's absolutely no information on its uh, weight or anything else however a lot of the components that are being used in this will most likely be used on the uh, upcoming Ram Revolution, or whatever they're calling it, the EV, Ram EV so, truck.
1: So so one of the vehicles, and I'll get to get back to that, that we're mm-hmm. going to be seeing at the Easter Jeep Safari is Magneto 3.0. Yes, and, I'll, <laughs> and I
0: will show you pictures of that. Well, one picture of it, and Magneto, we'll, we'll talk about Magneto in just a second. So one final point on this before we move on to the I'm, Easter I'm, Jeep Safari. I'm
1: laughing because I'm wondering, like, at what point will Magneto, like, Be a real Jeep versus just a well. That's
0: that's what we're all waiting for. Is that yeah? Uh, And we'll talk about that in a sec. So this vehicle will have the EDM, the all new electric drive module, in it. And this is sort of a, a new way. I hate saying sort of too often. It is a new way of doing an all modular power station so to speak so it's not only your end or your motor but it's also your transmission and all of your electronics are all in this one component so you plug it in and your vehicle's pretty much ready to go and it should make processing at the factory producing this vehicle and also building other vehicles on the platform with a similar type of module very very easy more importantly less expensive so those are things to keep in mind um there's other things I would recommend going to the Jeep, um, reconforums.com and checking it out. They got a ton of information there. Uh, even more photos and all that. I wanted to show this, this back uh, shot because see, look how big that glass looks there. Swing out tire just like the current Wrangler. Uh, so the it's whole ver- tail. It's very
1: boxy. It's got a lot of very
0: boxy. It's got a
1: it's got a little bit of like uh, wagoneer in it, wouldn't you say? Old wagoneer, sure. And or, what's, what's the one, the really boxy one? The Commander. It's, it's, there's a little bit of Commander in it. Yeah, too. but it looks better. <laughs> the Commander, yeah, the, I never thought the was the that aesthetically was grand, pleasing. Yeah.
0: No, it, was, it, it had its moment. But this, this vehicle definitely looks like it's something that's far more uh, production ready than the other ones that we've which, seen. Which
1: can't be great for aerodynamics, being so boxy.
0: No, but, you know, they are already got a ton of drag going on with the off-road tires. And so perhaps they're just kind of like shrugging their shoulders. Also, you know one thing we don't know for sure? is this front end, how open is it? One of the things that Stellantis was doing before anybody else was they're opening up the front end like they did on their Dodge um, Banshee... Detona, blah, 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 EV, that had a wing, and actually the front end of it cuts down quite a bit, and it's far more aerodynamic than it looks. I'm wondering if there's openings in the front in here to allow air to pass through, so this is more aerodynamic than it looks as a box. I don't know. We're going to find out in the future.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, range, charging, battery size, uh, how much do you lose when you go off-road? None of these things have been answered yet. Does it have air suspension? But all that is coming, and I'm sure it won't be that far uh, in the future. Hey, so uh, before we get to uh, the Easter Jeep Safari mm-hmm. uh, concepts, um, let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll get to them right after this. Fantastic. All right, Nathan. So in less than like five days, one thing we're doing, we're doing some time traveling because when you listen to this, we already will we'll actually be in Moab. Uh, we're going to be going to the Easter Jeep Safari, and uh, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff that happens there. First. Uh, We we get to go and explore and drive concept vehicles, which is I think uniquely Jeep. Nobody else does it.
0: Nobody does it to this extent. Yeah, I mean, we've done other concept, but very few.
1: Getting behind the wheel of a multi-million, if not you know tens of million dollar prototype, Mm -hmm. because it is is super unique. So I want to thank Jeep for allowing us to do that. and then we get to go on a trail ride. I'm, I'm hoping it's, and I know it's going to be uh, the new uh, anniversary edition Wrangler. That'll be epic. Three, are you going to go for the uh, 4xe or the
0: 392? I might go for the 4xe. Really? Uh, because I've already taken the 392 off-road. And I, the 4xe, I have uh, more, how do I put it? I see more potential in the future for that. As okay. much as I love the 392, it's we're not there to play. I want to see what the future's like. And I think that the th- that the 4xe is the future. i, I Like it or hate it. Let's talk about future. Yeah. Because the Magneto is up on the screen now. Now, for those of you who do not know, we have driven the Magneto... It's outlived the the movie. The (laughs) Magneto 2.0. And now we will be driving the Magneto 3.0. Very similar vehicle, but they have made some... uh, additions to it, uh, so this is the third and final, they say, all electric version wrangler. of the all-electric Jeep Wrangler, and what they basically did is they tore the engine out and the exhaust system, but they kept the uh, suspension, they kept the drivetrain going back, and it's a six-speed, by the way, manual transmission, I should say, and then they hooked up an electric motor to it, and then they put batteries under the hood and under the chassis to balance it out, and... There is a bit of a weight gain, but it's not crazy. And at the same time, they've gained ridiculous numbers when it comes to torque and horsepower. Now, My my
1: only concern about Magneto is every year we go and drive it, and every year it's very fragile.
0: (laughs) Well, they really don't want us bashing. There's one. And we met the dude who built it, and he was just like on pins and needles making sure we didn't do anything stupid with it. But it
1: can't be fragile when it goes into production, if it goes into production. Well,
0: there's... Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a sec. So this one has a 70-kilowatt-hour battery, which is not huge, but it's enough to give it well over 100, up to possibly 200 miles range. And the older ones, I don't know about this one. They didn't mention range. Uh, once again, six-speed manual, so that's the TR6060 that's in there, which is right out of the Challenger and the Hellcat. Um, it is built up a little bit to handle all that torque because there's a ton Uh, So it's got a more efficient uh, axial flux motor, which makes no sense to me because I'm still like flux capacitor mentality. I don't even know. 20% more range. They say that, but they didn't say the number. Increased torque. So it was 850 last year. 900 foot-pounds of torque. (laughs) This is a Wrangler. Um, 20% increase. uh, in usable energy, that's interesting. So that might be uh, some electronic upgrades there. And then there's new drive modes, regen, aggressive for low regen, one pedal driving, two-stage selectable power outlet, or sorry, output. So you could switch between 285 horsepower or 650. I'm pretty sure 285 I, I, gives you I'm, better range.
1: I appreciate all that information, Nathan.
0: Yeah. But I'm a little like,
1: uh, already built it already. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, tough teasing, Jeep, it's time to, you know... Or uh,
0: so get off the pot. I, I would agree because this is this has been three years. Yeah, it's too so, long. So it's, it is, it, it's a while. Um, I mean, but
1: GM built the Hummer EV and the Hummer SUV. Yes. Rivian is you know building the Hummer. I mean the uh, uh, the R1S and the
0: R1T. Mm-hmm. You guys are now officially late to the game. They are. So one of the things I think they're trying to do is so proof of concept. The whole purpose of the Easter Jeep Safari's uh, day of driving these concepts is for us to get a look at what's inside their head. So it's not necessarily something that's coming to production. It can be bits and pieces that are coming to production. It could be simply them testing the size of the vehicle and whether or not having 900 foot pound of torque is even necessary in something that's geared like this. So they're looking at all of these things and the Magneto has been updated in terms of looks and everything else. So it's gonna gonna have an interesting paint job. Great. What I'm looking forward to is, is it something that's gonna tell me, hey, the wrangler which is probably the next generation full generation wrangler when they decide to put a full battery in there will it be something that is worthwhile or is it just going to be a toy so so my you know we said
1: how do we fix jeep one of the ways i would fix jeep is i would uh, immediately either start working or get into production a uh, suzuki jimny sized ev So, think think Wrangler, go one size smaller, make it electric, and just start selling it. Well, there's rumors that they're doing that. That that would sell like hotcakes, and uh, it needs to be done, because if you don't do it, somebody else will.
0: Yes. Uh, And Um, they
1: will, and you're going to be, once again, playing catch-up.
0: Okay, so, you know, barring any major changes in production, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of... um, Magneto's running around the streets, so, and I don't hey, think they'll even keep the name.
1: This isn't a rant, but it's something interesting I learned. Tommy mm-hmm. and I did a video uh, like last week. We were talking about the best cities to own EVs in, uh-huh. and I made a I made a statement, and I got I got a lot of pushback on it. And I was thinking a lot about this. So the statement I made is that, you know, getting up to fifty percent adoption of EVs is going to be easy because, uh, you know, it tends to kind of fall along Republican versus uh, Democratic lines. So. Um, you know the implication I was saying is that Democrats like EV's Republicans hate EVs right mm. drill baby drill right and everybody in the in comments everybody in the comments said you're wrong Roman I'm a Republican I'm a very conservative Republican yeah and, and they I, own Tesla's and I, and I love you know EV's mm-hmm. so so there was a lot of pushback yeah. from that statement uh, but I didn't I didn't like pull that out of my you know what I pulled that from all the comments that we get so may, maybe that is the case with trucks and maybe not the cars. A, I think that
0: that's the balance for actually... I think truck and car is a huge difference. huge difference, difference between yeah. EVs. So like, like, like peop, more people... like really people are really resistant with trucks. All I right. Think. So
1: how about off-roaders? That was my question. That's the
0: big question. Yeah. So um, I have a feeling that you're probably... And this is just a guess. I'm thinking maybe 25% of our listeners and viewers are interested in electric off-roaders. And then the rest of them are thinking plug-in hybrids or just keep keeping with gas and diesel. Um, and our job is to report the news based on product that comes out. So whether or not those things continue or they change over time, it's hard to say. But I do know that Jeep said that they'll basically have a 4xe version or electrificate electrified, electrified version of pretty much everything they build within the next few years. And it looks like they're on track to make that happen. So I'll give you another example of
1: that. So uh, today and Once again, time traveling. This will be a while. We posted a video where Alex had some problem with his DEF, uh, and he had to fix it. And <laughs> Boy, like, it like, ticked. like, you know, one or two out of ten comments are like, just delete it, just get, just delete DEF. Right? That's a, that's a big sentiment. Yeah. But no. but, but it's highly illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm, I'm and maybe this is just me, but I think it's douchey, and I think it's bad for the environment, yeah. and, and I think it's obnoxious. I mean, I get that if you're in the truck and you're rolling coal. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool and you feel like, you know, you're, 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 you're doing your constitutional right to pollute the air. But if you're behind that person, and if your mother's behind that person, or if your father or sister or brother are behind that person, then you're just being a douchebag because
0: nobody wants to breathe that crap. I yeah. certainly don't want to
1: breathe, breathe dirty diesel.
0: No, no, somebody did that to me. I told you this before. I almost crashed into a bus stop yeah. in my daughter's car. Uh, with my kid in it, yeah. I was here. F- and that's because I thought they'd be a smart ass and do that on the street. Um, it just, it's it's illegal know. in most states, thank goodness. And it's probably going to continue. But And I get that, like, you know, like, uh, what what is it? Uh
1: What's that diesel show out of Utah, right? Where yeah, some, yeah. somehow it's become patriotic to pollute. I, I don't understand that. Well, I, to I, I me, think that to, they've actually pulled the reins back on that, too. To, to me, you know, patriotism is saving the land and the water for the next generation. And and I feel like I'm out of step with, like, our viewers when I say that.
0: No, you're not Not with all of them. And a lot of people will agree with you. But I think that there's a certain point where you don't want somebody over your shoulder telling you what you can and cannot do with your vehicle. And I think that that's one of the issues they have now. That's a
1: good point, Nathan. Yeah, but, but but if you're doing something that is so obnoxious and so dangerous and so polluting, I think at some point, you know, as living in a community, we don't live by ourselves on a ranch. Right. Where you're only living in your own little world. You're living with other people, and there have to be rules for communities. Yeah, there? if
0: you're endangering their life, be it direct or indirect action, then you, you should be tased on a daily basis in the nuts. <laughs> and I say that again and again. I'm not disagreeing with you at all, Roman, obviously. Yeah. But uh, but there's a, there's another side to it. And I know you guys are going to write this. Hey, wait a minute. I don't want overreach. I agree with that too. There's got to be a balance. And I think right now it's – I'm not going to go political, but there's either one side is right or the other side is right. And there's not enough people who are willing to go into the middle and figure this out and make it work on or both compromise. ends. compromise. There's got to be compromise on both ends. So that being said, I want to talk about something I'm not compromising about, which is my love for old Jeeps. All right. What's the next one? Yes. And so... You like how I did that, by the way. You should be proud of me, or say like "good boy" or whatever when I do that. You're um, nine- not a dog. <laughs> it's, I want praise. 19- <laughs> you want a donut? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> you boy, know that. Here's Mike, the donut. Your wife will reach through the screen and hurt me. Um, 1978 Jeep Cherokee SL four xe So this was bought from Craigslist two years ago for 2,500 bucks. They, they do that a lot. They love doing this, yes. don't they? Mark likes doing it. Uh, well, because Mark is in love with this design, designer, designer. I don't blame yeah. him. Yeah. Man. What a cool friend, and still one of my favorites. Um, I, I grew up with a Cherokee Chief that my dad had, which had a manual transmission. It was powder blue and primer gray. And it was it was a beast, and it didn't run very well. But anyway, um, that was just like my fondest Jeep memory. Now, this one is not anything like that. So don't think of this as a um, Cherokee, because it's not. It, what it is is a modified Wrangler 4xe. So it has the chassis and, and uh, drivetrain. So... You're saving the environment, right? But you're driving a cool-looking vehicle, 37-inch BFGs, KM3s. You know what the magic is with Mark Allen? He gets to do, and he does it well,
1: the things we wish we could do, right? <laughs> yeah. like, like we see some cool car, and we want a resto-modded, but we want to make it look factory. And, and not only don't we have the skill set, very few people do, right? Right. To do that, nor do we have the budget. And then he is able not just to see the vision, but execute on the vision and make it factory, which you are is You're right on
0: that. You're 100%. And then on top of that, he's actually inspired. He and his crew, I should say. Of course. It's say. not just Mark. Yeah. yeah. No, well, Mark will say it's just Mark. <laughs> if you're listening, Mark, I love you. Anyway, uh, but the point is, is that there's a lot of aftermarket guys out there. And this is the only thing about Jeep Wranglers is that the aftermarket is insane. We even met some guy about eight years ago, seven years ago, who did this front end. A, a similar front end for uh, the previous generation Wrangler. And remember him? Yeah, I remember yeah, him. Yeah, remember that. Greek or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, he was a cool guy. And so he, they're also inspiring aftermarket components to be made outside of Jeep that you guys are able to get. And that's kind of the cool thing about this whole Easter Jeep thing that we get to do with Jeep. So continuing on this vehicle, mention the 37-inch. Uh, multiple body modifications for a modern responsible restaurant. What's this bad boy called? This is called Retro Cool. Retro Cool. Yeah. Soaked with 70s-era vibe. And there's an 8-track, Roman. Hey, back to um, college for you. 8-track, uh, That's, but it's not functional, unfortunately. And it's well, only got two who's seats. Got, who's got 8-tracks, anyway? We've got a working atrix. My brother does. It's really, my, my brother collects old like radio parts and stuff like this. He doesn't listen to this stuff because he's. I mean, nice. Hey, for
1: all you youngsters, imagine a time when you bought an album on this big clunky
0: like plastic,
1: uh, almost box. twice the
0: thickness of a cell phone. <laughs>
1: yeah, and 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 here's what was magic about it: you got to pick
0: four places that you could listen to songs on oh, that album. Man. And you can only fast forward. Yep, yep. Four places. That's right. And the album sometimes would be halfway through a song, and then it would have to click to the other. It, it's a tracks were and, a romantic notion because it was really the first cassette that you could shove in there, so you didn't have to just listen to I'd, AM. I'd imagine if you left them in the sun, <laughs> I, nothing to imagine. They would warp. Same later on with cassettes, which was really my, my era. Uh, man, I miss the cassette my, my dad days. My dad had a Lincoln Continental. Yeah.
1: It had quadrasonic sound. Oh. And, and, and Lincoln gave you a, a um, uh, an 8-track, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which sounds really impressive, 8-tracks of sound, where you could actually listen to the demonstration of the quadrasonic. So, like, each speaker
0: would play something else. It was like, do doo, 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 okay. doo. You know what I mean? Did So did it have the sample CD or tape that came with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's what it, I'm talking about. Yeah, so, 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 so like, like it the, did. Yeah. But it was from, um, it was like Industrial Light and Magic or something. It was like some big recording studio actually had that. And uh, my so, dad had something similar so on his Lincoln Town f- car.
1: Nathan, four speakers. Four. <laughs> Not two,
0: but four. I think my dad had six on his uh, Lincoln Town car. That's talking about and rest, stuff. Speakers in headrests. Yeah. Speakers in the roof. 20 speakers, speakers is in not the
1: seats, on. speakers, little tweeters and door handles. It's incredible. Or next to door handles.
0: All right. So we're going to move on to... What's the next one? So the next one is the... They're going to be the Camp Lux. So I'm not going to do this one. This one is a, the Rubicon. So what they're doing with this Rubicon here real quickly is that it's just a 4 by E with some cool colors and Jape Performance Parts, JPP. You're going to hear that a lot in the upcoming... And by
1: the way, I mean, if you're watching this, we're going to have complete videos of all these. Oh, yeah. So so by the time you're watching this or listening to it, head over to TFL. And a few days after this airs, we'll actually have the real images, because these are teasers that we're putting up on the board. Right.
0: These are sketches. Yeah. And every year they do this, and they provide not a whole lot of information. No, no. Um, so, you know, that's part of that. By the way, that Rubicon I was talking about was the 4xE. They call it the power color. Uh, that's, so it's pretty much, I think, a color thing going on. so let's go on to the Grand Wagoneer short wheelbase, and it's known as Camp Lux. Short wheelbase. Wow, that's the exact opposite of the L. Yeah, it is. Is it and, a two-door? No, uh, no, no. no. It's a Grand Wagoneer. Oh, wouldn't it be the, cool if they built the two-door? No, but it's, it's the short wheel-based version, not know, the long I know, I know. Okay. But I'm
1: saying, wouldn't it be cool if they actually built a two-door Grand Wagoneer? Yes, That'd and I do have anything.
0: something else that's a hey, two-door that's coming out in a minute. A, a crossover coupe. No. Crossover coupe was tried, and it fails. Nobody wants that, and you should stop. Range Rover does that in the Defender,
1: Nathan. Yes. The doors are so long that you will never get in and out of it in a car park. <laughs> It, you know what you're right about that i do a two-door defender you know that yeah that's, I, a, of that, course that's a coupe i love that one the 90 yeah and then, and and the mystery it's the coolest looking by far and what makes it even cooler is that it's the least practical because there is no space behind that second row of seats <laughs> and you can't get in back to the back seat even with those long doors
0: agreed but it's way cool it's way cool so th- there's a payoff that's yeah, when it, you park at the back yeah, of the. Yeah, if line. you never have to carry more than two people you are golden Yes, you are. I want to make sure it's still on. Okay, so for those of you who are able to see this, you're going to see this bright red with the blue trim thing going on behind me. That is the uh, Grand Wagoneer. I see uh, it's got a winch. Camp lux. Yes, more than that. So it has the the Hurricane 3-liter twin-turbo straight-six. This is the brand-new engine. We have not had a chance to really get a lot of time with it. Um, but it also has... Um, Radiused and flared wheel openings now remember I'd mentioned how the Wagoneer is based on a ram 1500 platform There's potential here to make one of these things off-road capable like seriously. So thinking about this um, redtail overlands skyloft uh, so it has like a roof thing that opens. They all have roof things that open. Full-size like bed in the camper uh, with transparent windows, which is great when you're changing in the wild. Um, reconfigured interior. Well, well, not for us. <laughs> for some people I mean, it might really be great. bad for, for some people to watch. There's some probably YouTubers that would be good, but not us. It has an integrated Warren Xeon wench. Uh, laser-powered off-road lighting. I kid you not. That's what it says there. Laser. Um, and custom has It
1: could have laser lights, right? They're illegal in America, but mm. but there are in Europe lasers.
0: Yes, and I do hope they actually burn through retina and make sure everybody <laughs> can see you or not. Um, it's an interesting idea because it's 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 a new thing. I've been complaining about it since day one, the fact that they didn't have an off-road Trailhawk version of the uh, Wagoneer or, of course, the Grand Wagoneer. So this could be one step closer to it, and I have a feeling it is. So, uh, well, what do you think of it? I mean, I, I think it kind of looks cool, at least in this image. I
1: can't wait to see it in real life. I, I, I love the fact that they made a real off-roader out of the uh Wagoneer, that's yeah,
0: cool. yeah. It, it, it that that winch, the way they integrated it with the bumper, looks pretty interesting, factory, yeah. Mark's the factory, so because he is factory, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, then that's at the end of the day, that's what they have to sell. I was going to end with this one, but okay, um, it looks like a Wrangler. Uh, That is more than a Wrangler, my friend. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Really? Okay, let's just do it. All right, go for it. All right.
1: We got got like four minutes left.
0: Okay. So uh, this is the side burn. Okay, that's what they call it. And if you look, it's based, uh, Gladiator-based, hinge tubular grill guards that mimics the seven-slot grill. I haven't seen that yet because you can't see it from the side. Uh, Sport. Bar with storage shelves, interesting, 37-inch tires, squared off and flared, brown leather seats, topographical maps on the IP special side berm graphics. But what's really important here is that I'm looking at a vehicle that looks like a short wheelbase two-passenger Gladiator, am I wrong?
1: Yeah, that's what it looks like. Isn't that what people have so been like, asking like, for? Like you said, is it a two-door Gladiator, or is it a, is it like a JL?
0: That's a, Well, that's exactly it. It's kind of confusing. Now, this next one, uh, real quick, this is an, another one of the G, JPP performance vehicles. So this is essentially a rolling catalog of components you can get through JPP. That's including uh, what appears to be a rooftop tent, heavy-duty lights on top. And a lot of the components that you're going to see at Easter Jeep Safari are not available yet but might be available based on your comments. And this is one of the vehicles for sure to keep that in mind with. I'm going to try to skip over to... Okay, here we go. Final vehicle here. This is uh, another Rubicon, and it's very similar to the birdcage that we drove last year. Do you remember that? I remember the birdcage. So the birdcage essentially was just stripped down completely with two bars, and then they dropped the front glass. This one appears to be... uh, uh, the departure, which has windshield-mounted lights, sport molly panels, bumper uh, bench grill guard, blah blah blah. Okay, uh, essentially another vehicle that has a lot of Jeep JPP parts on it, so, and this will be so there I as well. One more idea on how to
1: fix Jeep. Okay, but before I get to that, I just want to remind you guys that if you're listening to this podcast, Tommy and Brendan do a classics podcast. Yes, they do. Uh, please don't mark us down uh, in like uh, Apple uh, Podcast for. Switching to only talking about classics. It's a bonus episode that those guys do. We still talk about new cars and Jeeps, as you can tell, and Broncos. But that's just a bonus episode that that people who love classics might enjoy.
0: They attach it directly to TFO Classics, which is a channel that is gaining in popularity. Tommy runs it with Brendan, and they only feature classic vehicles. So we throw it in there for an extra bonus for you guys. So, so
1: here's another way I would fix Jeep, okay? okay. Uh, and this comes right from these concepts. When we sit in these concepts, they do some incredible interiors, different oh, u- unusual materials, really unique designs and patterns. Mm-hmm. Why can't that be available on Wranglers? Why are all Wrangler interiors pretty much the same? Uh, well, I mean, they're nice, but they're certainly not of that elk right yeah i it, agree I, I it don't could think be nicer col- col- i don't think colors are expensive i don't think like you know uh, different kinds of non-leathers are expensive mm. and I know that's hard like okay Tesla does like two interiors white and black basically and yeah it's cheap and it makes for easy production but Jeep could do better I think in terms of their kind of and they should because Bronco is also kind of boring right now in their interiors frankly it is There's a lot yeah. of sea of black and stuff like exactly. that.
0: exactly now I think that what Jeep should do is as customizable as their vehicles are from the dealership and for online they should make the interiors even more so there's like three or four choices for seats and some interior components they should do more I agree with Roman yeah
1: yeah you know do something like remember like when they did the Levi interiors how cool was that huh
0: yeah yeah that would be I, I
1: nothing better than think having outside of the box
0: Levi's rubbing against my, my back when I'm trying to get out of sunburnt weather I, I'm just saying think out of the box There's no lot, I, I agree uh, that they should do some more stuff fleece how about a fleece interior <laughs> how about knots? how about <laughs> silk while we're at it beautiful Chinese silk on the interior of this vehicle fleece. no what fleece is terrible? I hate the feel of fleece. I'd rather have a potato sack over a seat. All right, yeah. all right, potato uh, sack, potato sack. All right, Manly.
1: Well, guys, thank you for spending this hour with us. We as, appreciate it. As always, we read your comments, so let us know in the comments below. Uh, and if you want to uh, see the stuff we talked about up close and personal, I think we're going to have a, a lot of videos. Uh, so just visit alltfl.com. And uh, a special thanks to all our Patreon supporters who make this possible. Uh, And thank you guys for joining us. Thank Uh, you, Nathan.
0: Yep, thank you. And have a wonderful week, guys. You're going to hear from us a lot from the Easter Jeep Safari. Stay tuned. And if you're going to be there, we'll come by. We'd love to say hi. Absolutely. We'd love to say hi.
1: See you guys next time. Ciao.